So yeah, if you talk a bit about yourself, yep. who you are, what you do, what the website is, etc., that'd be great. Yeah, definitely. So I'm Emma, and I now run Mind Setup Limited. So I'm now fully self-employed, having spent the last well, nearly 15 years in employment in industry. So I've been through architecture, been through design, been through digital, been through engineering, been through the last few years in London in financial services. Yeah. And I'm not an architect, I'm not a banker, <laughs> none of those clever things. But what I am is sort of a project manager by background, and I've worked in the sales and marketing space for a long time. So that generally means managing projects and managing people and encouraging them to get the best out of themselves to win contracts. So sort of tendering, that sort of thing. So it could be a 20 grand job, it could be half a billion pounds. Yeah. You know, the whole kind of public sector, private sector. There's not an industry that I haven't been involved in before, which is really, really broad. But ultimately, what it comes down to, the skill set is generally the same. It's about managing people and making them feel like they are taking part in a process, but they're not being processed. Yeah. So there's kind of a, you might have a methodology. You might have to say, right, to get from start to finish and meet these deadlines, we're going to have to do it a certain way. But you really have to understand who you're working with. So you could be working with board level executives who are technically excellent, um, 30 years experience in what they do, but they don't generally sell. Yeah. So it's encouraging them and understanding, thinking always about the client, stepping into the client's shoes, and how can you get that person who's sitting in front of you, who's ultimately pretty nervous, to represent themselves and represent the company in the best way. And to differentiate from the competitors, so you win the contract. Yeah. Um, and that's got, that's been fascinating. So many stress points, so many challenges. It's um, a lot of kind of knowing the individual in all aspects, yeah. on, different, on both sides, I imagine, as well. Yeah, it's completely. Kind of a lot of a... It's analysing and imagine, and sort of thinking about the, the, the political you know, antics yeah. within the client organisation. Then thinking about how, within the business you're sort of tendering from, how you respond to that in the best way to be able to win and really kind of tick the, the boxes of the client's needs yeah and then explaining that to these people who are sitting opposite you who are probably 20 years older than you who are probably who've obviously got the more experience in their technical wizardry that they do yeah how to be human and how to sort of sell in a human way and how to interact and understand and listen to the client not just talk about the finer points of all the technical widgets that they may or may not think they need to sell so that's been predominantly what i've sort of been up to the last uh all half a lifetime but what it's given me along with all the sort of training stuff i've done is a real desire to want to work with other people and have an impact on individuals so to sort of step outside of that corporate world and say well we've got people who work in these businesses and we've got people who are freelance people who are mothers wanting to return to work or parents who want to just do something different. Kids have grown up and they want to go. And, so you try to take it know. to a, kind of a, a smaller scale. So rather than working with yeah. 20 grand, half a billion contracts, it's going to yeah. be more the kind of personal level and helping them it's develop. As... Working with people. So yeah. that's okay. the, the, the business background bit is the kind of sits in one box. Yeah. The other box that I describe myself as is having gone through uh, grief and trauma um, sort of 17 years ago yeah it's given me a different view on life it's given right. me a view of sort of how I've worked through resilience bouncing back from trauma 
and seeing it as actually an opportunity to learn and grow. It's certainly been difficult, but now I'm in a spot where I absolutely understand what value that's given to me. And I didn't want those events to define me, but they are part of me. So yeah. that's the Can't, human part. Right. So that's why I'm bringing the two together now with Mindset Up to, to work with people to say, right, look, here's a bunch of skills you can take to get stuff done. Life is short. Let's get everything done. Yeah. Let's get you to A to B. Make the most of what you want to do. Achieve your goals. Or within a business, it could be around making the most of change. So when you've got a big cultural shift in a team, uh, organisational change, you've got lots of different considerations. But often what isn't thought about is the real people who are sitting there, like you and me sitting here right now. You know, how do we be affected by those changes? So it's, you, know, you can change all the software and all the processes you want but it's going to yeah. frustrate people maybe on a day-to-day -day level yes that sort of thing where it's like it is just talk, thinking about them and being like well actually yeah and even getting a new manager into the team yeah you know someone is, who says this is how it's going to be done thinking well actually have you even stopped to think about the individuals sitting around you and what their needs and goals who, who's are? doing it kind of thing yeah so it's now sort of put the two together to think about how to within a team lead and encourage your team, as I used to do, to kind of encourage them subtly to get the best out of them during, you know, three weeks or a year, depending on how long the project was. Saying, so how do you get the best out of everyone who's sitting here? And what are their individual needs and goals? Um, and how do you work best together? Yeah. And how do you work in kind of different ways? And we're used to the hierarchy in, in business, and actually that's not necessarily the way to achieve the best out of people. There's sort of a lot of subtle nuances and the more you give people, the more you trust them, the more loyal they are, and the more you create, uh, you sort of reduce staff turnover, you have more um, staff engagement, better productivity. I think there's a lot to be said for kind of giving someone a task and then just getting out of the way, giving them yeah. the resources to kind of achieve that, and then just and just kind of getting out of the way and let them do that. Yeah. Because it does mean that things happen a lot quicker because you can then suddenly be a kind of orchestrator rather than a well, that's micromanaging it. everything and trying to be involved too much. Um, yeah. Obviously, and it depends entirely on the project, but I found that to be the most successful in my kind of limited history yeah. of people when I've worked with them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a conductor of an orchestra doesn't step in and start playing the cymbals. Precisely. They're there to you know, kind of like give a direction. But it, yeah, exactly. That's not, that's not how it and works. I thought that's actually quite a good uh, <laughs> analogy. It happens, honestly. Yeah. It happens in business, and it's hugely frustrating for everyone. Yeah. Um, okay, so why do you need SEO help then? What's your kind of, what are your concerns, what issues are you having? What are you scared of? Mm. What are you excited by? All of with it. SEO? I'm scared of all of it. It's a dark art and I don't understand it. Uh, that's, that's, that's what people always say. It's not a dark art at all. It's all very sensible. It's not if you understand it. Um, yeah. So I think my website's fairly, it's fun and it's bold and it's bright. And what I wanted to step away from with that was, hey, I'm corporate, so it yeah. has to be blue and let's have a city skyline and shoulder pads. It's my ethos is life is short. Let's get stuff done. Yeah. Let's have some fun along the way and let's just be decent human beings to each other. It's a really good kind of strap line summary. Two sentences. That's think. it. Yeah. Kind of instant buy in there of yeah. who you are and your kind of ethos behind cut it. Through, cut through the rubbish, cut through the nonsense. Yeah. And so that's my ethos. And with that, I think the website, it's grown quite, it's not been organic, but it's one of those things where I started from scratch and even having worked in creative industries in a business other people do this sort of thing so to now do it myself became quite daunting yeah 
and I have um, had a fab designer help me with the website. So she's sort of done branding, put it all together. And um, Sue's been brilliant. But I now need to make all the changes yeah. in terms of content. And with that, I'm thinking about SEO. Yeah. And I'm looking at it going, oh, okay. I had a bit of advice on websites not big enough. Hmm. You know, it's only a few pages. You probably want about 17 pages. And here are all the topics and here are the types of things. And I just thought, oh, wow, now that's a different beast. Yeah, it's very It's kind of, I've, I've written it to speak to humans. Good. I haven't written it to speak to the Google robots that crawl around in the background doing some clever stuff. This is the thing, it's like, Google wants you to write for people. Google wants the user to have the best experience they can on the website. And so at the fundamental stage, unless you've got like a massive website that's like an e-commerce website that's got 200,000 products, and mm. then and you're trying to kind of wrestle that into a really slick way to get Google to crawl it, the core message normally is, is write it for the user and you'll do all right. As long as that you focus all of your kind of any kind of question you have about SEO, just do what's right for the person that you're writing it for, mm-hmm. and make sure it's relevant and contextual and makes sense. So you're not doing anything stupid like putting white text on white backgrounds trying to fool Google. Yeah. Google's clearer than that now. You can't beat the system, as it were. Just work with it and do something that's sensible for your potential audience. That will normally, ninety percent of the time, I'd say, get you far enough in terms of SEO. There are times then when you might want to step in and like tweak things a little bit and, and like fill it out a little bit. Or as I say, if you've got a massive website that's got hundreds of thousands of products, you will need mm. to do more technical kind of dark art stuff where it's then about link structure and architecture of the site and kind of yes. putting it all apart and speed and all that. But for a site your size or even like, like under 100 pages, I think there's normally not that much to really be too concerned about as long as you're building it for the people who are using it. Yes. Um, in terms of you said about like it's good to have like 17 pages or whatever. One of the things I did look at on the site was how many pages you had and like mm. the, the, the amount of text you had. And it did seem quite low. That is something I thought it might be a kind of natural thing that will come in the future. Yes. I wasn't sure how long you've been doing the website. Is it quite new? Or? It's quite new. It's sat there for a long time. So I think writing it felt quite cathartic, as in I have to tell a story. I have to get out there and I have to help people. I have to have an impact. Mm. That's my reason for being. And then people have read it and gone, wow, that's great, or it's a really powerful story, or it's really personal, and that's sort of, everything's been complimentary. Yeah. So when I look back and just think, oh, God, maybe I said too much, so let's strip it back a bit, and it doesn't need to be that personal, and this isn't about me, it's about them, so let's just rein it in again. So, and things have morphed, businesses change, and my initial thoughts have shifted a little, and my audiences are changing. So I think... I do have, I've got a OneNote document open that's just called Websites <laughs> as we speak. And I am going to make some changes and add in things and have a full page of testimonials as opposed to it scrolling on the bottom. Yeah. I've got a few Twitter things on there that are driving me nuts because I thought, right, let's push Twitter through it to add some more movement. Yeah. Because I'm not writing a blog at the moment. I've got a tab, but I've disabled it because I didn't want to add more work when yeah, I'm exactly. kind of starting up. Especially at this stage, yeah. if you're not really sure where it's going, or you're still kind of changing and morphing, there's no yeah. point trying to tie yourself into writing a blog a week if that blog a week's going to be incongruous and a bit, like, wasted almost. Exactly. So I think, let's say, step one, before you kind of think about SEO too much technically, is, is just define your audience, mm-hmm. and then keywords is the second part of that. So yes. what are people searching for, or what are those people searching for? And this is what kind of caught my interest, really. 
because we're looking at um, in the in the kind of the initial discussion we had, you mentioned that like business consultant and business advisor were the two of the keywords. Yeah, business consultant. There could be team development. Typically, that's twinned with you know team development day yeah. activity, that sort of thing. Where I will partner with other people who do do that as well. So I might do the let's do the workshop chunk of the day. Yeah, and then someone else is going to come in and build on that and do something. A bit way out and fun. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Paintballing, you know. Yeah, exactly. Get to shoot each other off at the workshop. Yeah, exactly. That drumming, roller skating, whatever it happens to yeah, be, yeah. or whatever works. So I've got other connections with other businesses, which I, I think probably I could even connect out to, but I just haven't built that in yet. Yeah. So I, the key was yes. So the key searches, coaching is another one. Brighton is very crowded in that sense. So where I struggle with SEO is how far do I try and differentiate to beat people? Yeah. Or do I just take a stand that my work is through meeting people, through networking, through face-to-face, through recommendation and word of mouth, so that ultimately my website just needs to be a build on you know, a business card and it's almost like my online brochure? Yeah, I think that's a really valid point. And I, I think know. a lot of people do get caught up with SEO. Um, thinking it's kind of necessary but you need to be kind of realistic with it and look at the ROI sometimes mm. and I think there's there's some terms that I looked into that were just too competitive that it's not worth going into because there are bigger companies that are going to be doing it better and yes. got more resources behind it that's not to say that it's you know that's not an industry you should be in it's just that like if you spend 10 hours a week on your website or 10 hours a week on networking the networking is probably going to get you far better returns so yeah. focus on that and don't bother with the SEO so much but there were some terms that I think were quite fairly low difficulty. Mm-hmm. Or like there's some ideas around questions you could write about as well. And I think yes. that's probably the way to go is just to be a bit more specific and a bit more niche on topics. One of the things that I noticed is that a lot like for business consultant, a lot of the, the top results were for jobs. And it was more about career sites. You got like Read and Indeed oh, and, yes. and all that coming up. So it was a bit like, well, that term may look appealing because it's got a lot of search volume but it's probably not actually what people are searching for wrong wrong yeah wrong search reason yeah yeah the, okay. the, the intent behind it to use kind of an industry term is, is, is not right whereas like business coach was mm. a smaller volume but probably far more what people were actually looking for people were searching for like in terms of questions and like a blog post you could write or like on your services page if, if you had one. maybe yeah exactly you could have so 90 people a month were searching for what is a business coach and, and why use a business coach. So those are two topics that give you quite a lot of structure. You can just go into it and be like, well, yes. here's what here's, you title it, what is a business coach, and then you list out what you do, and that's like your services page, and then, you know, why use it is kind of more of a sales pitch, maybe, of being like, well, it's because, you know, and then you have testimonials and all that stuff. So, so, so it's written for, the pe- for people reading, real humans yeah but yet google will also be happy because it matches a question people are asking so this is the questions are great because over the past few kind of two to three years maybe maybe less people have got a lot more conversational um the rise of like alexa and google home and all that stuff mm. has meant that people are a bit more comfortable just typing in a long question that might be like 10 words long but they'll normally get their answer because google kind of understands that a lot better and can just uh, okay. answer it directly so it's useful from a SEO point of view, but also purely from a writing point of view. I think questions are great for focusing you a little bit and going, well, actually, who is asking that question? Yes. And you can kind of imagine them a little bit more and it, it gives you a bit more, yeah, direction on, on what to write about. Um, Good tip. Thank you. So I think, yeah, with keywords, I think it's worth a little bit more thought and a bit more refinement, maybe. Mm-hmm. I'm not Business consultant might be too commercial in terms of a term, if that's not what you're going for. And people are going to be searching for that, looking for jobs 
they yes. are like how because some of the questions that came up were like how much does a business consultant earn or cost or, or stuff like that mm. which is probably not really stuff you want to write about <laughs> um so it's just kind of knowing the the keyword thought behind it and, and, and trying to narrow that down a little bit i think that like workshops and stuff as well are you, are you thinking of doing those yes so i've put there's a courses page yes and it's sort of coming soon because juggling too many balls but i think that would be a really nice way of getting more people in at a sort of more um on a group level so it could be individuals could be you could be half a dozen people like you who've all got a similar need and so you'll actually come together once a week for six weeks yeah uh and and sort of work through problems together and you know your own goals and that sort of thing so that would be good and get more exposure to is that sort of midpoint where some people might not be able to they're not part of a team in a business yeah but also it might be too much to do a one-to-one program is that kind of financially as well as like... Yeah, absolutely. Kind of like are, yeah. Yes, it definitely. Kind of makes it a bit more accessible, yeah, I guess. it's much more accessible. So it's definitely a way of people supporting each other. And you kind of get quite a nice peer group out of it as well. Yeah. There's more accountability because that's one of the biggest things with milestones and goals and achieving what you want to achieve is that accountability. Yeah. Because if you can hold yourself accountable, but we've all, you know, been there putting off the inevitable and procrastinating and not doing what we know we should do. Yeah. Yet if you know on a Friday you're all going to have to meet up again and talk about what you have and haven't achieved. There's a bit of an incentive to... I think since going, going freelance... Frog, as say. Since going freelance, my kitchen has never been quite so clean. <laughs> because yes. there's no one really to answer to other than yeah. myself. And like clients, they're normally set a deadline and like you can work around that quite easily. So yeah, the yeah. procrastination thing and just having someone accountable built there, just being like, well, yeah. what have you done this week? But uh, well... Clean the taps again. <laughs> yeah, everything's been polished. Yeah. Um, and hoovered and wiped down three times a day and stuff like that. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, I think that's a really useful thing. That especially, I think that's definitely kind of a, the peer group side of it sounds really interesting in terms of having mm. a, a good kind of small network of like six to eight people or whatever that you can kind of bounce ideas off of and definitely just have a bit more accountability with so definitely so i need to i need to sort of get that up and running because I, yeah. I said i would so i i will but it was a case of prioritizing and i think that opens up a new set of keywords and a new set That's of content it. ideas and stuff as well so people might be searching for like business support groups or mm. stuff like that locally i didn't look at those keywords because i wasn't sure really because i saw all that on there and saw yes. it was coming soon and i was like well i don't really know where that's, that's going so i didn't want to dive yeah. too much into it but but then i suppose you get your eventbrite links and you get different sort of um you might be advertised in a network and so you can link through and that i guess naturally would drive and it's so local that yeah would help that would drive more there's a, there's a comment on that that i was going to make actually in terms of like the local kind of networking events and like kind of, so getting like yeah. back links to your site because obviously your site's quite new and it doesn't have that many links going to it one great way of doing that i saw that you had a toast um yeah. one of the groups that um linked to you yes and so getting like the Brighton Chamber of Commerce, like obviously Eventbrite will, will yes. help naturally, but also any other kind of, there was one that I found, uh, Life Coach Directory, which was one that kind of focused on business coaching mm-hmm. and other like life skill stuff, which looked quite quite relevant. And they were dominating a lot of the key terms that I would recommend you to yeah, target. Okay. So they're all in number one. So what I'd recommend is joining them. And then I don't know how much, if it was paid or if it was free, but just working with them because then you might get traffic from them because they're, you can hook into mm-hmm. their SEO as it were. People find them yes. at number one like organically, and then they find you naturally through directory. that site. And then that link will have extra benefit to your site from, for SEO reasons as well. So you'll, you'll like appear further up, hopefully, yes, if you are targeting keywords. So it's kind of a win-win situation okay. there. But just generally more kind of directories. Yeah. 
directories within the SEO world have had a bit of a bad name, I think, because five, ten years ago, maybe, maybe like more recently as well, people would just be creating huge like link lists, essentially, that weren't actually useful. They were just like a, a huge resource for people to kind of mm. throw, throw links onto. And that kind of got disallowed by Google as a bad policy. So now the, the word directory is seen as that. But yeah. in, if you're doing it so it's useful, so like yeah, the Brighton Chamber of Commerce is a directory, yes. but it's, it's a really good one. Um, it's local, as you say, so they know that you're in Brighton. So that's going to be yes. stressful for that. They yeah. like a toast one. And, and, and they know. should link through to me. Well, I hope, I hope they do because I'm a, I'm a member. For yeah. the, uh, they've, got, they've got the logo. They've got all the info. So hopefully that all works. Yeah. And also the Good Business Club as well. So it can be worth just double checking those profiles yes. and making sure you've got links yes. on them. Um, yeah, definitely. It, it, yeah, they probably do, but it doesn't always show up in the tools. Ah, oh, okay. So yeah, but I think that's quite a good route to go early on. Um, there's a lot of like relevant contextual ones that you can join mm. or, or look into, and you might know more of the kind of the industry ones as well. So in terms of just getting early traffic and links to your site, that's a really good way to go, and, and it helps. Okay. Yeah, naturally as well. My other comment was, as you've already touched on, like the limits to time and SEO. If you don't want to spend all your time writing content for it, then it might be that that time is better invested in networking and kind of mm. the channels that work currently. I think there's a lot of content you could write, which you, especially with the workshops, which you think, or you've got more of a clear idea of your packages, as it were. Yes. You can then answer questions around that and do a bit more research of the questions that people are asking. And that's a good way to do it. Also, do you think products, as in downloadable Tools, templates, free things—is that normally? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're great. The reason why they get used quite a lot is because it's a great way of building a mailing list, so that then you've got an audience that you own. So mm. that if, like, say, say you've got ten thousand people a month hitting your website, and then suddenly Google changes its algorithm and you're you, you have five. If you've built a mailing list over that time, they are emails that you own. Mm. Google can't take that away from you, so you can still use those emails. That's why even in the world of Facebook and Instagram and social, all that email is still so valuable because it's a direct line to, to yeah. people. So having like a lead generating downloadable PDF or something like that of top 10 ways to organise your business and, and yeah. make more money or whatever you know it might be on uh, is a really good way of just kind of getting people to submit their information and kind mm, of hook okay. them in. So that's where that would kind of come in, I think. In terms of SEO, that can work as like a landing page, but it can be a little bit more difficult because they're normally quite short and they're quite action orientated, which mm. doesn't always mean that they're that useful to users. So that would need a bit of a kind of campaign plan around itself, I think, if, okay. you, if you do want to get down that route of trying to gain email addresses. But just having useful information on the site is always going to be beneficial to Google because it's helping the user. So yes. In terms of the on-site kind of slightly more technical stuff, I found the text quite hard to read. Just from a personal point of view, I think maybe look at like kind of the weighting or something because it's quite thin and, and quite yes, light. Yes, it is, isn't it? I think it's not full black either. I think it's a. Uh, it seems like it's quite light grey. So that was just a personal yeah. comment on that. Um, that doesn't really come into SEO at all, but um, the page titles could do a bit of optimization as well. So this is where it's not changing the name of the page, but within is it WordPress? Sorry. Yes. So further down, there'll be like a, a Yoast box probably yeah. where you can change the actual page title manually and override the one at the top. And that just gives you a bit of flexibility in terms of adding in keywords. So rather than saying coaching, which is what your current one says, mm-hmm. it's changed out to say business coaching. And then that will just help you rank a bit higher for that term. Okay. Um, and the, the home page wasn't optimised for any keywords or anything either. It's just, it just said uh, mind, mind setup. Yes, so. it's got, I thought, right, I need a home page. So I wrote a homepage. It's called Home. Yeah. And I was talking to someone who, a while ago, about SEO and sort of what's what, and he did a quick search and said, well, Google thinks you're writing about home. 
Right. I was like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, now what do I do? <laughs> yeah. Well, this is where the page title, because the page can be called home, and then the page title you want to just change yes. separately from that to be a bit more Script. descriptive of what you yeah. do. So it's a little tweet like that. It would take kind of five, ten minutes, but again, it's knowing the keywords and the kind of people who you're targeting yeah. before you want to start doing that. And just generally, the site at the minute is quite light on content, so mm. I just recommend beefing it out a little bit with more text. Um, not waffle, but just useful information about yes. you and what you're doing. Um, meta descriptions are all quite good, which is nice. Okay. Um, so all the pages got kind of like little uh, descriptions for it, which is normally quite rare. I always spent ages trying to find a little green light. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. The yes green thing <laughs> yeah. is what most people mention. I was a bit like, oh. don't don't trust it too much because it doesn't. This is um, where it comes down to the user and, and what kind of Google wants. Yoast is a bit of a a blunt tool where it's a really good guide to say like if you put that keyword in and you've got a five thousand page article are you using it too many times etc yeah but trying to please it sometimes at the sacrifice of just pleasing your user yeah is a dangerous trap to fall into that i've seen quite a few people do where it's just like well take a step back just challenge what you're doing a little bit on on, are you doing it just to yeah have a satisfying row of green lights yes or are you doing it because it's going to help people navigate your website or whatever so yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, I think I fell out with it on a couple of them. I just thought, I don't care. I'm, I'm, yeah. It's fine. I think it reads okay. I'm hoping a human can read it. Then let's move on because I don't understand why it's not green. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> quite got a quite strict set of parameters sometimes mm. with, with what it will accept as green. That's kind of my initial takeaway from those points. I think starting with keyword research is probably the main thing to do and just refining down a little bit. I don't think you should look at volume too much, but just things like the business consultant term being used for job sites more than for what you're actually yeah, doing. Yeah, that's valid. Um, and just trying to refine what people are actually searching for and what terms they're using. So if maybe they are yeah, looking for like one-to-one coaching or mm. yeah, business coaching or I don't know what other terms they'd be using. Or it could even be career coaching or yeah, words exactly. like that. You know, it's, I would always say think about the client's needs and step into their shoes. Yeah. And then it's really hard when it's your business to go right. I now need to do the same thing. And imagine I'm sitting there yeah. on Google yeah. trying to find something. Yeah. And then working out what people might be searching for. Exactly. It is a, it's a tough challenge, I think, for anyone, really. Mm. Especially because when you are doing key research, sometimes you will find unusual and unexpected ways that people are searching where they're using slightly strange keywords sometimes that mm. you wouldn't naturally think is related. More in technical industries where they're searching for like odd stuff. I think like sunglasses, one of the key terms they weren't searching, but they should be, was actually like sunglasses for festivals. Oh, Which okay. is quite unusual and niche. And they're like, well, yeah. why would people be searching that? And it's like, well... Tonight, but they are and your brand fits like aligns with it quite well so just yeah. target that so that's where it's useful is it's like yeah it just helps you understand users a little bit more and, and kind of understand what weird terms they might be using but i think to start off with you can just as you say try and step into their shoes and just sit down yeah. with a piece of paper and just do some searches normally and see what comes up but if you do start getting like a lot of career sites there's not much point targeting that term because they're so big and they're so yeah and it's the wrong yes it's, it's, it's the wrong search isn't it but yeah yeah, it's a good tip. Thank you. Yeah. Do you have a view on being local, having a Google business page, on having a geographic yes. phone number, and all of those sorts of things? What are your... Yes, yeah, so definitely have a Google My Business page. That is really important and, and free and quite easy to set up. And just filling it out, it takes, you know, a couple of hours or whatever just to set it up and, and have it well populated. It's a little bit more difficult if you don't have a physical location. So this is a problem that a few people I've been speaking to that work in, in this kind of co-working space have. It's because yeah. they're based here, but their service area might be... London, Sussex, or, you know, yeah. kind of international. It's not necessarily local compared to, like, a wine bar that's in Hove. Yes. It's got a fixed location. 
So that can be a little bit of a challenge where Google might not rank you unless you've got a physical office space somewhere and, and like listing your, if you do have a, like a rented office space somewhere, then that does help a little bit. I always find that a bit of a balance. So you've got registered office address. Yeah. But then do you put home? Yeah, exactly. It's, a, it's, it's quite, a, I find that quite a difficult one because Google knows everything. So it's how much do you want to put out there and how much. And also if then people are looking for you and they see it's a street, like a residential street, people might think that looks a little bit odd. Um, yeah. But this is where like, kind of the local directories come in so useful, is that if you're naturally being kind of talked about locally, so you're doing PR and you're like in the Brighton Hove Independent and you've got like a thought piece or like a byline or something like that, and you're mentioned in other kind of local articles for business and for directories, that will help boost your kind of local SEO okay. quite naturally. So that's probably more where you want to focus the efforts, is just getting your name known locally and kind of quoted online. Google My Business page is a, just, just have it there, but sometimes trying to rank for within that kind of Google Maps listing. It's going to be difficult unless you do have a physical office or like mm-hmm. a, a shop where people could visit because that is ultimately what the Google My Business feature was yeah. kind of built for. So it's definitely worth doing, but I wouldn't be too concerned with it for your industry. I think it's probably worth more focusing on the directories and kind of getting listings in that. And that okay. will help you rank for terms like Brighton Business Coach or Brighton, mm. you know, workshops, etc. And And plus doing the Eventbrite stuff, you'll get traffic off of that. Because yes. um, obviously Eventbrite will probably rank higher than you will for certain key terms and then you'll be able to oh, yeah. be fine found off of that so yeah and do you ever approach london how do you so by that i mean you've got so my work could be done anywhere yeah for anybody and it could be my skype it's international it's in london it's it's anywhere potentially i could rank brilliantly in brighton if people are searching for brighton and you've got the google my business page and you've got a geographic location yeah what happens when you go to london because you're going to i assume drop right back down again Yes. So this is where you'd want to create a specific landing page. So you create like a services page that is purely targeting London, targets those key terms, maybe targets like, or kind of mentions um, certain brands you've worked with in London and mentions obviously like London in like the page title, the H1s and like on, yeah. on page is quite structured. Don't spam it too much, but there is a limit you'll hit there because Google's ultimately looking for like a, a location um, and that will really help it. So if you do have an office in London and you can put that address on there, that will help kind of clarify where you are but as you say you don't have one there there's no need for one there yeah. so it's a little bit harder but again this is where if you have a page that is dedicated to london and then you're being talked about in london directories or london-based magazines mm-hmm. or clients are kind of referring you who are based there that will help type kind of connect the dots for google and link back to your site as a london destination okay. as well but ultimately it is difficult and it's not an easy fix. It's something that I'm working on for another client at the minute who, exact same situation, his service area is London. And in Google My Business page, you can set your service area as that, which means you'll kind of appear there, but mm. it's, it's not enough. And the, the difficulty is, is that unless you have a physical office space there, Google doesn't really want to rank you too much on maps and stuff because it doesn't know where you are. But yeah, it kind of moves more than into PR, really, and just kind of trying to get your name out there in, in local networking groups. And not even directories necessarily, but I suppose you're attending events and kind of get mentioned in, in articles on business groups in London yeah. that will really help just solidify you as an entity there as well as mm. here. It's a similar thing, right? Okay, cool. Thank you. Any other questions at all? Or No, it's been really helpful because it's good to have sort of a bit of a spotlight on certain things because you get stuck in business. You go... So my issue is I've gone from working for someone else and I always have done. Yeah. There's always been a team or a department who does... HR, who does marketing, who does accounting, who does you know um, web work and all of that sort of thing. And now, when you have your own business, you suddenly have to understand a little bit of all of it. Yeah. Um, 
and, and then realise what you really need to focus on and what you don't. And equally, also go out and deliver the value to clients that is why you're in business in the first place. Exactly. So I think SEO and web content for me is one of those areas that I think, wow, I just sort of, you know, I need to address that along with other it's parts of business. It's the money. <laughs> it is. It's balancing it and just thinking, is it a blocker for me or am I broadly okay with yeah. how it stands? Because I'm generally guiding people to the website. Yeah. Give them a card, they'll look at the website. Precisely. Versus people sitting there typing. I know it's going to be a balance of both. And I think this kind of the secondary will, will come with time. Once you've got workshops established as part of yeah. your kind of day-to-day earnings, then you'll start naturally having to need that content on your website and it will start not necessarily ranking... But just, you'll build the website out that way quite naturally, yes. I think. So it's not being too concerned about having to sit down and spend a week just writing content for your website. Mm. It will all come naturally and just set aside like a couple of hours a week or something, maybe just trying to write out a few paragraphs that you can then add on there for your service yeah. pages and, and kind of things like that. Good idea. Thank you. Yeah. Just kind of adding to it a little often and then that will yeah. build it out quite quickly without it being too intimidating as a... Behemoth's task. Yeah, so I don't want to do I don't want to force it. No, then exactly. Like you said, maybe write content that's not all that relevant because I've already changed it now and it's only a small site. Yeah. So if I was to write 17 pages of stuff, yeah. well, who's going to read it and then is it necessary? And it's a whole coming back to the blog thing. I'm going to change it all anyway. People seem to have this idea that blogs need to be written really regularly and like once a week, mm. which is kind of, it does have technical and it is correct foundation wise, but it's removing the entire focus of, well, who are you writing it for? Mm. Are they going to be caring about what you're writing about once a week and the answer is normally no from an SEO point of view so it's just trying to break down some of those preconceptions a little bit and just go well actually who cares yeah yeah quite quite simply not in a harsh way but you know who who is the who am I doing this for is it just for me to to make myself feel better that I'm doing the right thing or is that actually going to make a difference because your mum's going to read it basically exactly that's the first yeah that's the first user (laughs) yeah is your mum and then maybe kind of like a friend that you've like held it at a pub one evening to, to, yeah. to, to reading it. Yeah, exactly. But you yeah. kind of want another couple of thousand people reading it. Yeah, who actually care and yes. you know, aren't just doing it out of, out of politeness and out of guilt. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much. No, thank you. It's been great. Yes. Lots of top tips, though. I've got stuff to work on. Thank you. Yes, thank you.